Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes and TV Junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up, the TV Pilot Review Podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Richard. Yeah, man. Um, and hopefully, while we're uh, both sitting here, one of us doesn't just uh, spontaneously combust. That would be a good thing. Uh, that would be a real mess. And it, That's mostly why I said that. It's just for the mess. It would be a mess. I imagine if you're still existing in any kind of form, you know, as like a soul... If you feel a little bit guilty, you just ah, oh, they gotta clean all of me up now. <laughs> yeah, like if it was you, I'd be pissed just because ah, right. oh, Robert's dead, and right. I have to clean this entire apartment up. But if Everything. it was me, I'd feel bad just because Liz would have to clean all this up. Yeah, yeah, you'd be like, damn, ah, not a good. Sorry, one. Liz, I, bl- I blew up. Sorry, Lizbeth, but uh, hopefully we'll avoid that. Uh, but yeah, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing good, brother. Um, you know, just uh, just hanging around. You know, uh, fucking trying to catch a polywag at the beach that just keeps evading me. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you real quickly explain like how the the movement and the actual walking? Like, are you? How's like an encounter happen? Or like, do you know? Like, do the do the yeah. the pocket monsters do they reside at particular <laughs> spots? Not really, no. Like, just I rant. mean, you're more likely to catch water Pokemon by bodies of water. That's fucking awesome and fun, <laughs> right? I, that's pretty it's, fun. It's real. I mean, as real as it's you know gonna get for now, right? Um, but yeah, so you'll just be walking, um, and as long as you have it up and on, and yeah, like you'll hear a and. Little You'll wrestle. see it kind of appear. Okay. You tap on it, and then you enter the battle, and you try to catch it. Nice. Um, and then there are the Pokestops, which are like, you know, landmarks around wherever you are. Yeah. Um, and what you could do is you could put a lure module in it, mm-hmm. which creates a lure that attracts more Pokemon. So you'll see just like fucking groups of people. There's one out on Loyola Beach, and you'll just see like... At any given time, 30 to 50 people. Like, today I went by there. Mm-hmm. And people were just cooking out. Catch a Pokemon. That's sweet. Yeah. They were having a picnic by the beach catching Pokemon. It's pretty sweet. I heard somebody make that point. That it is something that's getting people outside and together. And that yeah. is. That's yeah, fun. And, and everyone that is, uh, you know, trying to be counter to this and, and post, oh, well, yeah, it's also, uh, you know, I play too, but I have shit to do. I have a job. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, well, you're not having fun. Right. And that makes you the asshole, to, <laughs> to paraphrase Susan Messing. That makes you the asshole. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, have not given it a shot yet. I yeah. might. Um, it does. People are having a great time. Man. Yeah. The, the only frustrating part is, is if your phone isn't powerful enough. And even if it is, like, it it's, sometimes doesn't work. Yeah. I hear that I, I work at the Merchandise Mart, and I hear <laughs> that that is a gym. Yeah. So that it's going to, you can, like, I imagine fight the gym. That's where you go and leaders. battle other trainers and stuff, and that's where, yeah. Like, <sighs> there's three teams. There's Team Valor, Mystic, and some other bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I'm Team Valor. And so, like, you all battle at the gym, and whoever, like, 
you can fight for control of the gym. Yeah. And so you'll see like their little symbol above it and Valor Mystic and yeah, no, don't still don't remember. Something else. Something. But yeah. Well, that's fun. It's it's dumb fun. What what is life for other than that? Right. It's dumb fun. Um what about you, man? Uh, uh, have you been up to anything, or can I ask what you watching? Ooh, what a great question. Um, I, I, what have I been watching? I, I had to work the previous weekend, um, and because I, my job is pretty cool, I'm afforded the opportunity to work in a cool office and sort of throw things up on big TV screens while I work. Yeah. I sat through, over the course of like, Really, just one day. I sat through the whole first season of Thirty Rock, <laughs> so that was cool. That was cool, and um, I looked it up. This October would be ten year anniversary of the first episode. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, that's cool. You brought that up. I was listening to an old interview with Scott Atson, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and they were kind. Of, it was like shortly after the show ended, and they were just kind of talking about the difference between what the difference was in that first season between 30 Rock and Studio 60. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting to kind of get that sort of perspective um, and just kind of speculation into what Sorkin's thought process was behind Studio 60. Mm-hmm. And that like, when you think about his shows, all of his shows, the, the thesis going into it is how can I fix blank? Mm-hmm. So like Sports Night, how can I fix... The how can I fix Sports Center? The West Wing. How can I fix the White House? Yeah. Uh, the newsroom. How can I fix major media? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that was how can I fix SNL? Because they had like I've never seen an episode, but they had like full sketches on the show. Mm-hmm. Did they really? See, I've never seen it either. Yeah. So um, it was what made me think about like oh maybe I should pick Studio sixty because I know it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. Um, and I am a Sorkin file, but um, yes, you are. But, yeah, um, and, like, that just kind of proved to be the biggest difference in that Studio 60 was about the sketch show, whereas 30 Rock, that was just the workplace. Oh, yeah, just the setting. And it was all about celebrating that sort of whatever was dysfunctional, yeah. you know? It's like that was what drove the show. So weird. I mean, that is such, a, such an instance of getting lucky and being super talented, you know? like. Yeah. I, I have not read like a I'd love like a good oral history of like how that started like just like them thinking they could ask Alec Baldwin and then asking him and then him actually agreeing to it he's oh, phenomenal so I watch a ton of that what else have I seen um, I feel like I have seen other other things aside from this week's pilot which I'm excited to talk about um, mostly just that. You know, mostly 30 Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another fun point that uh, Ads brought up was the idea that, <clears throat> like, Sorkin saw this idea of, like, the sketch as something that just wasn't reaching its fullest potential. Um, and, like, he had asked to... <laughs> I'm, like, laughing. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, Having like the... done sketches. It's like, no, sketches are just bullshit. Yeah, like, what are you... They're the most frivolous <laughs> things that are just thrown together... Just like so haphazardly that it's a miracle that any of them are funny to begin with. Exactly. And as much as I'm, you know, there's, you know, Sorkin is an incredibly talented writer. Like that is such a thought from someone who's never 
done, done them. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he asked to like shadow <laughs> SNL before before the show. Yeah. They told him no. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is very funny. Yeah. It's like, nah, dude. No, just... what, what are you trying to do? Yeah, what do you just mean? Get out of here with that. Yeah, get out of here. God, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so mostly just that. I'm even, I just pulled up Netflix. I'm looking. I don't see anything that's uh, jumping up. Yeah. Uh, most of the stuff that I've just been watching yeah. uh, already. Oh, uh, shout out to my sister who is watching Lady Dynamite. I'm really enjoying it. Man, I. it's on my list. Yeah, it seems like, I think I watched the first one or two. And I'm worried that it's just going to get buried at a time when there's already like so many good things and so many unique perspectives. And it's un- it's unfair because yeah. Maria Bamford has the, you know, it's like a lot of people are like, and there's nothing wrong with this, but a lot of their perspectives driven by like their, their race or their age or whatever, like Maria Bamford is driven by mental illness you know what i mean like that's an extremely interesting perspective and a Mm -hmm. really underrepresented one but i have a you know i have a feeling it's just not gonna shine as bright because there's other things yeah especially if she got the show on netflix two and a half three years ago right it'll stand out more right there's just so much netflix is doing now like it's not it doesn't make the impact that it once did yeah which sucks but yeah but it's still on my radar, and I know I still have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's some neat stuff. Anything anything else for you? Um, I'm uh, winding down the series. Cheers. Oh, and oh, it still has like, me laughing really hard. Oh, it's like, like bittersweet. It's got me guffawing, man. It's great. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's coming to a close, and, and I'm curious as to what's gonna happen. They're starting to like. You know, it's getting to the point where they're starting to sort of tie up loose ends, and they're starting to bring back like older characters to kind of put a little bow on certain things. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Like I so, said, it's just so, so awesome. Yeah. Of, of your your love affair with Cheers and everything. And then I tried to watch uh, the first episode of the season of Mr. Robot, but I watched it. Super late at night, and I was starting to just fall asleep during it. Yeah. Uh, of no fault of Mr. Robots. Right. I, it was, I was just, my body was telling me no. Your body was telling me it's time to go to sleep. I had a night like that. It's funny. Isn't that like how you're supposed to fall asleep? Like your body, you know, you just sort of, it's not that like you shouldn't be able to stay up if you need to, but we should all sort of be so tired, like yeah. like babies and people work outside. It's just like, no, it, I got to go to bed. I'm done. I think we... We're so deprived of like physical exertion that it's, we can be exhausted mentally, but still like awake to make mistakes yeah. and stuff. Uh, or <laughs> like some of this like anxiety, and you're just not able to fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Um, Too much thinking. Yeah. Still but, going on. But also, I think a, a large chunk of that is also just like not being physically exertive and 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 ha- like thinking you have to go to bed at a certain time to wake up at a certain time. So you got to take like a fucking Ambien or a melatonin or something like that yeah. instead of just like passing out from physical exhaustion. Yeah. The way it was meant to be. The way nature. God intended. You ever take an Ambien? No. Ambien is nutty. I've always been curious about it. Ambien does exactly what they say it does to yeah. you. Will, you will. I took Ambien once in high school. I was hanging out with a friend and like the next morning I like, 
recalled all this because you could just sort of black out in the moment. I had, um, I had gone to, because we were such big movie buffs. I'll never forget this. After leaving my friend's house, I went to the ATM and got like $100 and I went to Best Buy because I wanted to buy movies and it was closed. <laughs> so it's like nine at night. I'm standing outside of a dark Best Buy with like $100 cash just kind of looking around. <laughs> <laughs> the ambient i mean ambient will it's a it's a real thing <laughs> yeah so that's what happens like after you've fought the urge to go to sleep and you're just on the other side oh yeah i mean well this, you you can go to sleep um and wake up and do shit like that i mean we're huh. it's full like somnambulance like either you'll go to sleep or you won't but it's like blacking out and you just start doing shit whoa People will have conversations, or they'll go you know, like go places or whatever, and you know, and you're just you're blacked out. <laughs> so you talk about it's funny. It's like everyone knows you need like a sitter for like psychoactive drugs. Like you need like ambient sitter, yeah, big time. You need someone to like wrangle you. You need like a wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, let's, no, no, no. Don't touch it! Don't touch it! Don't touch it! Come on, let's sit down. <laughs> I uh, like you know all every now and then before before they made Zequil, I would just take like a, like a half a shot of Nyquil to try to knock me out. Right, and even that was like you would feel it hit, and you're like, but I'm not. Oh, I yeah. took it too early. Yeah, you're like, um, all right. But like, God bless Zequil, man. That that's that's that is a company um, recognizing what they're being used for. Absolutely, God <laughs> and God bless them. It's like okay, we understand. We'll serve the market. We'll serve the market. We don't want to. We don't want to make drug addicts, but we will serve the market. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, aside from that, uh, this Saturday was a big day for me. Oh, yes? I saw, I saw Ghostbusters. Yes. I saw an original iteration of Ghostbusters in theaters in front of my eyes. Richard is a... Is a he has his franchises, and he's a deep... Deep fan of them. Richard is a great fan. And among among his, his most prized and favorite is Ghostbusters. Indeed. Indeed it is. Um, and I I loved it. Nice. That's I wonderful. Just, I loved it. Um, it was funny. It was sweet. It was charming. Just chock full of talented people. Like, mm. if they had lines, you knew them. Or they had something to do with the making of the movie. Gotcha. Um, just, yeah, uh, good action. Like, the the third act was just really good action, uh, which is, like, not something you could say about the first couple movies. Yeah, yeah, that's like, fair. good visual effects, especially for what they were doing at the time. But, like, you know, it wasn't, like, action. It wasn't, like, a oh, yeah. battle, you know? Oh, yeah. It was fucking dope. Um, and, yeah, we were talking about last night, and, like... There's just so many fucking things where I didn't realize, like, any references to the original movies were so subtle. Like, I either was like, okay, that was definitely it, and, and well done. Okay. Or, was that? And for me to go like, was that a <laughs> Like, you're, that's, you're doing good. You're yep. doing it right. Um, there were also, like, a couple references to other movies, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, that I'm very interested to see to like hear confirmation on as to whether it is or not. Um, 
and then yeah just you know uh one of the things we were talking about was like how quotable will this movie be compared to the first movie um which is hard to it's hard to tell yeah you need a little bit of distance distance it's exactly what i distance, said distance yeah like ghostbusters is quotable now because it's been 30 years yep over 30 years um uh like you know more recent example like anchorman wasn't quotable until it found its dvd audience and and people were able to rewatch it and and figure out what the, the, the lines were. Same with Four Year Old Virgin, same with Step Brothers. Like True. they get those cable runs and you just see it a lot and you're just oh yeah, that that is fucking funny. Yeah. You know, that You're right. I was just trying to think of like if I've ever seen and first run a film that is now in the consciousness like that. And I guess Anchorman would probably be the best example someone could come up with right now. Yeah, man. That's great. Um hints of <laughs> hints of more uh, they already? could. They certainly could. They could? Yeah. But not, they weren't like shoving it in your face like, oh, it's happening. It's, they've set themselves up. They've set themselves like, up. Like, okay. if it doesn't, sure, fine. Then that was a nice little nod. It was mm-hmm. cute. Um, but it totally could. Do they, um, does this film have like a, a one central bad guy? Yes. Does it? Okay, yes. cool. Um, it's played why. by Neil Casey, uh, like you've seen him, but that's it. Okay. Like he's he's you know, did like improv out in L.A. and shit like that, and he's done stuff. He's done like drunk history stuff. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, there's one central bad guy. Good. I like bad guys. I like like yeah. having like one defined like they're the antagonist. Yeah. Which is again also kind of something more than you could say like because he is throughout the movie, so it's like again sort of more than you could say for for the first one. Yep. Um, First one, the antagonist shows up, like, you know, if you're not counting, what's his face, the EPA dude. Yeah. First, you know, Gozer shows up, like, ten, you know, what? Yeah. For the last 15 minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, it, it, it did it. Um, it's on track. It should have, it was on track. We're uh, recording this on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, two Sundays ago. <laughs> so we will well have known how much money you made by now. That's right. Uh, wow, yeah, we are recording this way, way, way. This is very early by traditional so, yeah, standards. This is, okay, so recontextualize all of this. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus, this is like the day after it came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be listening to this far in yeah. advance, or far from this. Um, um, I'll, I'll probably mention on the elevator pitch that like, it's all Ghostbusters. I'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite of the new four? Oh, Kate McKinnon steals the fucking movie. Kate and and Leslie Jones. Yeah. Like, granted, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are set up as as sort of the straight women. Yeah. And so, McKinnon and Jones are set up to be successful in that. But just because you're set up to be doesn't mean you're going to be. Mm-hmm. But they were. They nice. fucking nailed it. Um, McKinnon especially, man. She was. She was just fucking great. She's great. It's all top shelf people right there. The four of them totally, yeah. but very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I was not able to join y'all, but I will be going to see it soon. Uh, let me know. Yeah. I'll see you with you. <laughs> I wonder if it's, is it playing at the 400? Yes, it is. All right, we'll have to check that yeah. out. Um, <laughs> yeah, and all the cameos were like, 
perfectly done. Nice. Like, not overbearing. They were in and out. Um, it's good. It's good. Beautiful. I'm happy about that. Uh, yeah. Well, shoot. I mean, you want to just get to it? Um, I guess one last thing uh, we could talk about, because we talked about it before. I just want to sort of follow up and finish on it. Sure. This being the season finale and all. The big season finale. Um, I uh, uh, finished the saga of Swamp Thing. Or I guess that was part one. I finished part one. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it was cool, man. Um, so we were talking about villains. I was expecting the villains to kind of be more... Just more. More, yeah. Um, they kind of got bitched out pretty easy in, in that. Fight, yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't really know too much about Jason Woodrew. Oh, yeah. Um, the Floronic Man, I yeah. think they call him. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it seemed they like it could have been pretty cool. Yeah. I think he comes... Does he come back? Maybe. He I mean, maybe in part two. I think in part two he does. Also, uh, in community, or in continuity... Uh, Jason Woodrow is responsible for creating Poison Ivy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes total sense to me. Yep, little little bit. I don't know how much they play on that in like the modern era. Yeah. Or actually even when they established that, but yeah. Um, and I found it funny how they kind of, for that arc, brought in the Justice League just to kind of give you exposition on who this guy was. Yeah. And that's it. Just to show... Okay, there you go. He fought the <laughs> Atom a lot. That's where mm-hmm. he first appeared. He would fight the Atom. Con- they're just weird, classic, like, 1950s type story. Yeah. That's where you get that. Well, cool. What, um... Did I, Swamp Thing face Batman in that? In the, no. Oh, uh, we gotta get you the other That's one. the one... I wanted to read Maybe something, cool. like, standalone Swamp Thing before right, right. that, because I know he does. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of work up to that. Yeah. Um... Because, no, in the second one, it's, like, some demon he fights. Okay. Um, and, like, the Monkey King. Okay. Did Constantine show up yet? No. No? I no. guess all that's to come. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it's pretty cool what you were talking about, about, like, as far as, like, identity and thinking you were one thing and, like, oh, you're not really anything. Yeah. Um, that was, that's really the meat of that story. Totally. That anatomy lesson is the, the first one, I think, kicks it off. Yeah. Is that idea. <sighs> Yeah, it is really cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Alan Moore is fantastic and always has been. Yeah. Always writing great uh, great stories like that. Yeah. Does he, work, does he still like work on stuff? Or? I don't know what he's writing today. He, in like the early 2000s, mid-2000s, he was writing like mostly his, his original stuff. He, he was under like a label called like ABC Comics. Um, yeah, well, they keep he keeps writing League of Extraordinary Gentlemen stuff, hmm. which is cool, because um, he keeps building on it. He's brought it like all the way into like the twentieth century. Wow. So yeah, he's still working. He's such a prick though, because <sighs> right, <laughs> he he hates on all of his old shit, which is like kind of just like an act. I think a lot of people feel like he's just really pretty smart, like publicity wise too. Yeah. But for whatever reason, hates on Watchmen, hates on. Killing joke. Yeah. It's like, just shut the fuck up and take our, our admiration, you know? Yeah. Um, by the time this airs, we will have watched The Killing Joke in theaters. Yes, indeed. Um, and let's just assume it was fantastic. Yeah, very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's segue. Let's segue. Hop on the segue train. From, that's right. Oh, my God. 
Beautiful, Richard. From one comic to another. Uh, this week's pilot, if you did not listen to Rich's excellent elevator pitch, and what we're going to discuss when we come back is the brand new AMC show based on the Vertigo comic book, Preacher. And we're back. So, this week's pick, Preacher, from AMC. Oh, yeah. Just came out earlier this summer. Which is which is why, like, season finale, man. We had to go big. We had to go big. We're and we had to do something we've never done before. We've never watched a show in its first season, in its run, while it's still, like, happening. So fresh. Yes, and so clean. Yeah, that's what we were going for, and, and we pulled that off. Uh, also um, for having talked about it for, like, weeks. Like, have you watched this yet? Yeah, have you watched no. it? Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> fuck it. I'll make us watch it. We will just do it. We'll have, we, will, we will be officially liable if we don't. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, you need to watch this show. There'll be consequences if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is your realm. This is your sanctum. Um, I'm assuming you've read these these comics before. I've not read all. Of, I mean, Preacher's like 70 issues. Mm-hmm. I read the first, I think, two arcs, which okay. I really enjoyed. Uh, so I can't profess to be like, read the whole library. Yeah. I have not. Uh, but I did. I read, I read like the first 10, 15 issues. Okay. Something like that. Uh, did you watch the, the, the first movie? The first movie? There was a Preacher movie. Was there really? Yeah. It came and went, just like that. What? There was, wasn't there? Wait a yeah. minute. When did this come out? Like, I want to say like 2008 or nine. For real? Yeah, I'll go ahead and look it up. And, yeah. And you go ahead and, and just, just go. Okay. So, I, I'm struggling. I, you know, I'm struggling not to just be a big old negative Nancy. Did I enjoy this show, like watching it? Yeah, I, I did like parts of it. I have a lot of issues with it, which I can go into detail. But I think overall, we're, we're, we're first of all, let's get back to truly original things. I think that you can see a big pattern and a big distinction between the properties, particularly the AMC properties, that are that people, people enjoy everything nowadays. It's like the 21st century. Everything is made well. You know, everything can be consumed and enjoyed. But the actual quality of things, I'm starting to see a big relationship between the original storytelling that people are doing, the Mad Men's and the Breaking Bads, and just the, the consumption for the masses uh, and the IP, you know, the IP burden that's going on right now. The Walking Dead, Preacher, things like that. I, I'm getting really over IP. That's like my big thesis statement here, and I have different different little nitpicks about the show, <coughs> but but that's about it. Um, I mean, that's like my general feeling. What about you, Rich? Just a general feeling. All right, I must be confusing the movie with uh, okay Hellblazer with Constantine. Priest, Priest. Yeah, it was this movie called Priest that came out in two thousand eleven. Um, yeah, similar. I mean, 
ideas, I guess? it seemed like it was based off a comic or something, and... Yeah, just like the badass priest trying to kill demons or something. So okay, I never really looked more into it than that, and so that's why I guess I was confused by the two. Gotcha. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Not knowing anything, like just basically knowing that it was already a comic. That's all I knew about it. I I'll, and and as far as its history goes, mm-hmm. knowing that it was. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and someone else that were kind of heading it up and making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I knew about it. Uh, I thought it was crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy-ass pilot. It's a crazy pilot, for um, sure. It just fucking slaps you in the face and spits in your eye and, like, wakes you up. Yeah. Like, there aren't too many shows with the exception of like game of thrones or anything like that that is willing to just kind of like fucking get in your face and go blah yep um and so that was yeah that was like fucking crazy um it was made in a way that was like it really i imagine they were you know okay the whole premise of what we do is about pilots which are like the testing ground yeah although it seems like things get set up for like we'll get at least a season to get through this this was packed the way like a pilot would be packed it's like this might be our only shot yeah this was this is everything we have do we have your attention now yeah um and then and and they do um and they set up a lot of questions like they set up a lot of things yeah there's not a lot of exposition and explaining there's not a lot of backstory which is a pitfall that a pilot can you know, succumb to. Right. And this was a lot more like lost in that way of just like, it's just setting up all this crazy shit mm-hmm. and you want to fucking know the answers. And that's why you tune in the next week. Right. You know? Um, and, and yeah. So in, in my opinion, as far as a pilot goes for a television show, mm-hmm. it was highly successful. Yeah. Uh, because I want to see like, what's up. Okay. So is that dude a demon? Uh, what happened to, uh, father Custer? That's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the in the church, like, who are these people? Why are why are priests exploding? Right. Why why are people uh, yeah. just being possessed? What's then, this thing that came from space? Mm-hmm. Whoa! It's crazy. It's it is very nutty, um, and enjoyable. Like you said, was it enjoyable definitely, and it's wacky. Um, I am a little so, and you brought up you brought up Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, whatever. Um, I have a little bit of a problem uh, just with their having a name attached to it like that, because again, they didn't. I'm I'm getting a little tired of people who don't create these things, just kind of bringing them into another medium um, and being attached to them that way. It's like, I get it, and I'm glad that they were such passionate fans that they would bring it to us, but I'm like, I just, you know, the reason we have Preacher is because Garth Ennis wrote an original story. You know, he was not taking things that we've already seen and, and transforming them. So I'm having a tough time TV-wise with this, with this kind of fad. That's the thing, though, is I think visually, like, what this show did visually, I think it was worth bringing to the screen. Um... Like, that's sort of what you have to, like... It was this story just fine enough, like, on its own without having to make it moving. 
Um, and I thought it did like a lot of really cool shit. It's true. It's a, it's worth it to see in action. There is a really great article that came out, and maybe this is sort of where my feelings come from. Really great article that came out um, right after the Supreme Court like struck down the ban on gay marriage or whatever, right? So landmark decision. We've officially done it. Um, but somebody penned this really good article in the New York Times about how um, there was, as even though even with all the accompanying adversity, that the gay community and the gay identity had lost something by becoming so mainstream. That with acceptance, which was definitely wanted and always is like a great step mm -hmm. forward, that with with this mainstream acceptance, you know, you lose part of that identity, part of like. And that happens with any sort of culture, mm -hmm. whether it's like a punk rock culture or the, the gay, you know, the homosexual community or something like that. Maybe part of what I'm feeling right now is the comic book community. You're feeling culturally appropriated? I'm feeling appropriated. <laughs> <laughs> that is, a, that is a, a, a very interesting point that you bring up. Like, that's totally a thing. I like, really this, feel that this way. This past year for, for Pride, like, I would see so many just like, nuclear families like going to the pride parade right with, like they're fucking two and a half children and babies in strollers and stuff mm -hmm. and like all decked out in rainbow stuff which is like awesome it's like a great thing it's wonderful but i could also uh, uh, like see from like the lbgt community going like no, no 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 this was this was ours if you if you come i can't have a big float of a dick you know? <laughs> right, exactly that's the thing is because the very nature of the identity on the fringe is what allows these things to be created. Yeah. Preacher was written because it was a comic book on a DC imprint that no one gave a shit about. Mm -hmm. not, no, I'm not saying the vertigo, but just like comic comic books have always been traditionally not given a shit about. Yeah. When Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were like creating the Marvel universe, that was not something that's even kind of like accepted. Stanley was like, I'm a writer. You know, when mm -hmm. he was a young man writing comic books, he didn't tell people he was a comic book yeah. writer. It was a stupid thing or an unrespected thing. Um, so it, it's definitely me and my personal feelings. It's, but just, it's swinging the other way now. It is, yeah. but but definitely it just kind of what you, what you bring up with that, the Pride Parade example, is that because the community is non-mainstream, is to me that's what makes it possible. And so you start getting in this territory where it, it loses some of the specialness. You know, what the thing that drove Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to, to bring this property to life was, was cool in part because lots of people didn't know about it, you yeah. know? And I'm not here to be an elitist piece of shit and hold art hostage because that's not how art works. and It's not how anyone should feel at the end of the day. But like I said, it's, it's how people do, you know, fans of things. Like this. Do you think that there are a lot less, like, let's just sticking to TV, if there were a lot less comic book shows on TV, if there weren't an Arrow, a Flash, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agent Carter, um, uh, uh, I'm probably missing a few even, but like, if there weren't, uh, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, if there weren't these shows, do you think that it would make it more special then, and it, you would feel a little differently about it? Um... Possibly. I think a lot of the way I feel comes from this being on AMC. Mm -hmm. And AMC has sort of made itself with the explosion of popularity in, like, Walking Dead. Um, and it's not elitist, uh, but certainly it's, like, it's very trendy. 
And I think that's another part of it. It's like the trendiness that comes from being on that network mm-hmm. in particular, mm-hmm. I think also hurts uh, my feelings. Yes and no, <laughs> because it's not like AMC hasn't tried to make original content work. Right. They've they've tried. Like, yeah. For everything that, that hasn't worked, you still have to give them fucking credit. They have tried. Oh, totally. totally. Um, and, you know, so, like, given their, their druthers, I'm sure they wouldn't like to have to resort. It's not like they're, you know, I'm sure they don't feel like they have to resort to, you know, already existing IP to make a show and have a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they would have loved for Low Winter Sun to and, have taken the nation. Yeah, and Halt and Catch Fire yeah. to have been a breakout or, success. Yeah, which apparently the second and third seasons were pretty good. Okay. Um, uh, but also, again, like back to like Turn. They would have loved for Turn to have been real, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you got to keep making shows. And, and, and it, you know, like there was no guarantee that this would have gotten traction. That's true. And, I mean, again, it's... It's. I just feel that there there is like a special quality to it there that the AMC is where God this is going to be maybe the one of the shittiest things I've ever said in my life. AMC is where the non fans come to become fans. It's like you know, and again that's so shitty of me to say and unfair, but but like I said, it, it I is. Mean, would you be able to say the same thing about? Like Netflix, as far as Daredevil goes, that's the thing too. I mean, in a like, what's way, what's the distinction there? In a way, um, there's a distinction with the superhero. I think that's at play, which is like always kind of, even when we're not totally aware of it, always kind of. It, there's a little distance. Like again, like I still feel like. There's more cred, or it's cooler to be a Walking Dead fan than it is to be a, a Avengers fan or a Daredevil fan. So maybe that there's an innate the, that the superheroes don't attract the same fan base as a Walking Dead does, and things like that. I'm sure there is overlap, but but for that for that reason itself, I don't feel as you know. I don't feel like the property is taken away from me so much. I, and again, I don't know. Maybe I just enjoy <laughs> Daredevil a lot, you know. Yeah. I, th- I think I kind of lost track of the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was like basically what makes it different. Like what, <clears throat> like for a non-comic book reader to have found Daredevil on Netflix, like what's the difference between them finding Preacher that on Netflix on and Preacher on AMC? I, I just feel like, again, the way that Walking Dead is just, I still feel like you're not going to find Daredevil and come to love Daredevil in quite the same way, unless you really do care or knew previously. Whereas, like, again, there are people who had never fucking heard of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and then it's their favorite show now. Same right. thing with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Same, same fucking thing. You know, I was... You know, I knew a girl who was reading them well before, like, I remember seeing articles like, oh, these are going into production. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, check this out. And so I feel like if that were a situation, there is no difference. But I find that these properties way more, they, we go from someone having no idea about this to someone, it's their new thing. Well, let me help assuage some of those fears then. Sure. <laughs> uh, as, as, of course, 
Game of Thrones is the biggest show. It's probably going to win all the Emmys this year, which Emmy nominations were released a couple weeks ago. Uh, um, yes. I don't know if you got a chance to see those at all. Uh, I did not, no. Uh, I felt like... Any standouts? Uh, 75% of them, the nominations, like, cool, yeah, good. You nailed it. Uh, and 25% of them, it's like, oh, you're confusing, you're confusing, like, buzz and conversation with actual, like, prestige and... and uh, 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 Accomplishment. Yeah. Okay. Because and, like, and I'm mostly looking towards the uh, O.J. Simpson <laughs> series. Okay. Because uh, like, yeah, Courtney P. Vance totally should be nominated. Sarah Paulson totally should be nominated. Cuba Gooding Jr. and John Travolta. No, 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 no. When we were talking about them, it, we were joking. Right. We were just talking about them. Yeah. They're just kind of the... as a crazy thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh. But you got it confused as as though like oh we meant that we liked it. It's like no 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 no, no. it's crazy. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Anyway, so let me help assuage some of those fears because again, Game of Thrones, huge show, most successful show in HBO's history. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead. It's the only thing that can like actually pull a rating anymore. Yeah. Like seventeen million people watching the the, the premiere. Um, whereas the premiere of Preacher. In millions, 2.38 million. Um, and that went down to 2.08. And its last episode recently just had 1.55 million people watching it. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly like it's this big mainstream hit right. that everyone's watching. If anything, it's more along the lines of, of Mad Men in that there's just a small amount of people watching. But critics gotcha. are liking what they're seeing so much that... They're just being louder than, than the group, than the masses. Gotcha. Um, you know, uh, so I think that's more so kind of why it seems that way. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing so much. And I, I keep saying, like, yeah, I've heard it's great. Not from people on the street, but from critics and, and articles and stuff like that. People who have the, the, the soapboxes. Exactly. They have yeah. the ability to, to broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so again, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to be a mistake like I'm super mad, but I, I do feel like that is, uh, that's just sort of my perspective from someone who recognizes, and and while I'm, you know, hey, look, if this is making Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon a bunch of money, that's fantastic. Yeah. You're always happy when the creative force is like, you know, it's like, which I'm sure they didn't, you know, like no one makes a ton of money when they're writing comic no. books, you know, but when it gets made into a show, so that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, so now what do you think about the show itself? I, I, I totally understand the kind of bigger picture of like, yeah. you're taking my shit. Yeah. Um, but like the actual show itself, the performances, the stories, I got actual questions for you. Like what the, like what the oh, hell, yeah. who's this guy? Questions Who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did like it. I like that. One of my one of my big things that I'm sure we can get to in a little bit is my MVP and my LVP. Yeah. Um, so there's certain performances that really got me. Um, cert, uh, I like the show. I like the look of it. I like I like the guy who plays Cassidy a fucking ton. No. The Irish dude. Okay. The, yeah. That's my that guy's my boy. Um, this this show should be called Accents though. And I, <laughs> what's really I gotta say Dominic. Dominic Cooper? I I don't know. Shit. I wish he would just sound different first off. His mm-hmm. accents pull me. And you know what? I knew it was so 
He put it on. He put that Texas accent on so hard. I'm like, this guy's he's not American, is he? And he's not. No, he's not. And I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Another dirty fucking, you know, Queensman here playing in a playing someone from Texas. I don't know. Hey, hey man. Fucking Rick Grimes is also, you know. I know. So yeah. I would have preferred just a straight, North, like an American yeah. accent rather than a hard Texan. That took me out. Um, sure. Love Cassidy. Uh, what they didn't show, I mean, they just hinted at. Oh, they did do a good job. They hinted at it a little bit. But I want to see want to see more of the, the word being used. The word is, that's the word for the power. Have you, did you notice that the two times the preacher who had been possessed by the force, they were able to literally make someone do what they said? Well, I know there was the first time yeah. where, or this may not have been the first time, but uh, where they had, he told him, go open your heart, told yeah. Brian Husky to go do that, who I love Brian Husky. He's a great comedic character actor. Um, right. And then he goes all the way to Sarasota and rips out his fucking heart in front of his mother. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, that was great. I'm glad. Was that the second it. or first time? The, oh, the African preacher tells them to be quiet. Oh, and they all be quiet. Okay, and so that power is called the word. The word. Okay, that's like the word of of God, and it and he's able to make. You'll see as it goes on, but he's able to make anyone do anything. So a- anything he says with the word, the person will do. Is that his superpower? Pretty much. Okay, that's like that's that force, and I, you know. I think they did a great job in showing that, like, it obliterated other people. And it, what's even a more compelling question, you know, not even more, but an equally compelling question is, why isn't he exploding so, when everyone else is exploding? So the, the word was this force that was yeah. flying through space. That's that thing. And, and you'll, it, you'll so, find out what that thing sure. is. But yeah. so just so I can wrap my head around everything that was happening. So that was the same thing that... Kept exploding preachers and exploded Tom Cruise, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah, by the pretty- way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and and so when it finds Jesse Custer, it doesn't because like he's kind of a chosen one. Like he can he can wield that power. Like it's an interesting thing. I think it's that's what we're you know gonna why find out. like why Jesse sure. why is he able to handle this for some reason? Um, I also. Just another reason, again, kind of like behind the creation of it, like uh, any other executive producers other than like Rogan and Goldberg, like I don't think they could maybe get away with like just straight up exploding people like that. (laughs) Like I could see Rogan in a room just going like, and then he just explodes and like we show everything and there's guts everywhere. He's got to. He's He's got to just explode. can't remove it. He's got to do it. Yeah. And then Cassidy, like, he's in the, he creates a crater, and his guts are hanging out, and then he eats a cow. <laughs> and, and that is a good like, Seth Rogen. That is thanks. a very good Seth Rogen, man. <laughs> I have a little bit of a sore throat, though, so I think that helps. Well, it's perfect. Um, it is. Uh, another, you know, I got nothing wrong with, like, uh, the craziness, yeah, which I, th- I like. I think it just helped them be a little bit more balls out than, like, Otherwise, they maybe would have been permitted right. to. More, someone who would have been forced to be more conservative. I don't, you know, everyone's like, a, it seems like today, everyone's like an elite secret agent ass kicker. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. 
I have a little bit of a problem with everyone being that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a problem with with Jesse and Tulip being so you you like I think we've talked about this before. You got to sort of balance out with like flaws and weaknesses, mm-hmm. and I kind of hate when I don't <laughs> see that off the bat. And again, like whatever Tulip made an impromptu bazooka, and it's like that's fun and silly. But like I said, to me, I need to see more flaw and nutties. Here's another thing I just wanted to bring up. Did you ever see the spirit? After, no. after um, Sin City came out, they made the Spirit, and like nobody liked it, which was I thought very unfair because mm-hmm. the Spirit, it's like it sets out to do what it wants to do. It's very clear, it's very silly and nutty, but for whatever reason, people didn't <laughs> dig. Um, so, anyways, I would like to see those two more flawed. I think that's why I like Cassidy so much. Is he's so he's pretty uh, imposing or whatever has power, as we can mm-hmm. see. But he's like a drunkard and an idiot, kind of. You know, it, not a, not a complete idiot, but he's he has his handicaps. Yeah, and he's I kind like of a, that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Just kind of like a jester, sort of. Yeah. Um, that scene in the plane was fucking nuts too. It was. It was crazy. Holy shit! Just like I. <laughs> they're pulling out like all these melee weapons out of nowhere. Yeah. And like after it even starts happening, I'm just like, okay. Uh, train myself real quick to try and look for other melee weapons they could be pulling out of. And, like, I couldn't see anything, and they just keep... It was it was just crazy. I loved it. It was bonkers. It was fun. That I, that was maybe my, my favorite part. Uh, really liked that. Like I said, Cat, anything with Cassidy is... I loved. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was great. Um, what else? What else? What else? They did. They threw a lot at you. Um, I think they succeeded more in the... And again, this might be, again, coming from Dominic. They succeeded in, like, the craziness and the fun and even a little bit of the action. Like, mm-hmm. the weight of certain dramatic moments, like him talking to the kid yeah. who is, is nicknamed Assface. <laughs> I was wondering say, about that kid. <laughs> yeah, in the comics, or in the, they'll probably... I don't, why do you think his face looks like that? I have no idea. Would you like to know? Or would I would you like love to, to know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he tried to blow his brains out, but he didn't do it right. So okay. he shot, he like shot his face off instead of, so instead of killing himself, yeah. he's got like no jaw or whatever, right. or asshole face. Um, but so maybe not enough like heart in that situation. Like if that was supposed to be like a, and it was because this yeah. is a guy who that kid has some faith, you know, and yeah. and wants to be reassured and wants to be welcomed back <laughs> and. Maybe from like a storytelling point of view, one of the only moments that like, I don't think they got it. You know, they, they it, there wasn't enough heart or whatever yeah. in that moment to t- sort of take you out of this the craziness of it and into just the relationship. Yeah, into a human moment. Right. right. Um, Perfect. And I, I think you could probably yeah put that on the shortcomings of Dominic Cooper. Uh, I think I think like I think so. he'll be a very similar style of protagonist as Rick is played by Andrew Lincoln in The Walking Dead, where Kind of like one note. Yeah. Um, yes. Very. Yeah. You know, like, very much so. And I don't opinion. think that's a similar. Uh, I don't think that's just from, from uh, you know, being British and trying to do a Southern accent. I think it's just because they're probably pretty limited actors. That's um, what I think. I mean, like you know, his hair is great. I'm like super jealous of that hair he has. Yep. <laughs> in the show. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I think that's kind of like where that sort of. 
curtails itself. Yeah, I, that's that's maybe my you know just objectively my biggest thing. It long term is is they they needed to get somebody other than him to really. But but maybe that's the show you want to make. You know, maybe yeah. you want him as an anchor point, a contrast point for all the other insane shit that's happening. True. For Cassidy, for all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all, yeah. And it's it's hard to tell us as to whether or not that was that cold on purpose as well, just because he's you know he is a drinker and he you know I don't know yeah I mean that may have been a choice but and if that was a choice probably not the best choice yeah weird <clears throat> weird character to sell like yeah if you're so again you're clearly a badass and a oh you know well, I don't know what you did but you know but. Again, we live in a time where we've consumed so much media. We've seen, you know, the reformed hitman, the reformed, I don't know, yeah. fucking and, whatever. Well, and that's also another one of those questions that they just throw out there to like, well, I, I want to know. I want to know, yeah, I wanna know why what... his dad got fucking murdered like that. Right. What made him such a badass. And stuff, right. So. Just a weird tightrope to walk in terms of like convincing me that you really that this this preacher thing is important, you know, for more than just like, like I said, being convinced of it. Like I know in the story there's some reason why I have to do this, but I want to be like convinced, you know, through performance. Yeah. And right. probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, so who, uh, let's start with the LVP. Who was your LVP? My LVP would be Dominic just because it's a pretty big role um, and it's a very complex role from the character's history. And and his accent took me out of it. So multiple on yeah. multiple fronts, didn't really dig that as much, you know. Um, also, just for the record, uh, Ian Coletti is who plays uh, Assface, who's officially billed as Arseface. Ar- yeah, Arseface. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, I I would probably agree. Just again, just one note. Um, I'd love to see him, you know, kind of expand a little bit more mm-hmm. um but for the first episode again kind of the hardest position to be in mm-hmm. uh trying to like to carry the whole thing um but you were set up to do versatile acting maneuvers and didn't quite stick the landing so yeah um who's your mvp totally cassidy man yeah. i just just so he's a he is a vampire. He's an Irish. Is that okay? Vampire. So I thought he was just like a demon. He's a vampire because he like had that little fireball in his hand at the end. That's the sun burning him. Oh, yeah. He's not. He he didn't create that. He's being burned by the sun. That's also why he takes the he takes the umbrella with him. His little parasol. Yeah. And he's he's concerned. That's sort of what tips him off in the airplane that like they're heading towards sunlight. So, a lot of different things. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they could whip out something else, but I'm 90% his, uh, sure. His name tag, when he was uh, being the bartender on the plane, it was like Babylonian something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, funny. I don't know if that's like a reference to anything. Uh, but I don't think so. Like, no. we're dealing with like a lot of old world shit, so oh, yeah. that totally like made sense to me. Right. Um, but just, again, that's a... V- fun character. That's I mean, I was basically excited every time he was on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And to me, very easy to overdo those kinds of, that kind of character. Um, but I think he played it just right, you know. Yeah, I was really, I really enjoyed him. How about you? Mine would be Ruth Nega. Um, Who's Tulip? Tulip. 
Gotcha. Um, I just thought she was uh, absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, She, like, drew the eye, and she she hit those different notes. Like, she has that one monologue where she's making the bazooka with the kids Mm -hmm. that, like, is very different from the way you're introduced to her. Um, and she she does stick that landing. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I just think that she has a, a certain it quality about her. I mean, she's apparently like already cast to be in like big things, and she's gonna be a huge star. I didn't. I was off put by that character, but I think what you said just about it factor. Yeah. It was very like I could recognize that. I was and like, this is still a really interesting actress, and I want to keep. Watch She's got a very unique look to her, mm-hmm. and I believe that she and Dominic are like partners. They are actually a couple, which is like, how crazy is that? It's crazy. That is crazy <laughs> and weird. Um, I know. Again, at this point, these characters are like not together or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, when you think about that, it's like, where's the chemistry? You know, where's the spark? You know, it's like you guys are like really are together. It's like this is how you are. Is he just boring? <laughs> Whatever. What do I know? So, um, yeah. But I do agree that uh, Cassidy, Joseph uh, Gilgan, um, was also really, really fascinating to watch as well. Yeah. Um, even if like I had a hard time understanding a lot of the words. Out oh, of yeah. Mouth. I think he's even written in, in the comic, like, phonetically. Really? So it's, like, hard sometimes to quite... You have to, like, sound out what he's saying. That's cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if you had a, a question for, um, <clears throat> pardon me, um, for Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, or um, who's the other creator, uh, Sam uh, Sam Catlin, um, I would probably I would probably throw at them Garth Ennis. I'd, Any of the guys involved because they are involved in this. Well, I would I would say I would. I would ask them to address a little bit of what I brought up earlier and what you're able to label accurately is like, a, you know, and I never thought I'd be the one using this word, but appropriation. And what, it, what is the line of, of celebrating uh, a, something that you deeply love and, and sharing something you deeply love? But what is, you know, it's like, is there, I, I, I propose that there is a, you know, you're losing a certain something uh, when you, you know, doing this kind of thing. And again, I want to approach that in the least ass-holy way possible, you know, rather than just get immediately shut down as like a hipster. But um, I think there's something to addressing that. And I'd, you know, I'd say, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you work to retain and translate the spirit of something that you love mm-hmm. without, without like commercializing it or without... That's selling out, man. Exactly, without watering it down, you know. Yeah. yeah. Is it possible? I mean, again, it's like, I mean, there is something, you know, it's like we, we resent hipsters, but it's like they do tend to be able to seek this stuff out and they, they find it themselves. You know, they're, they're, there's always like a vanguard of people who are discovering things first. Yeah. You know, so. Um, I mean, but that does also help that second audience right. to find it. Like, yeah, yeah. I never would have. reading Swamp Thing now, you know? I mean, yeah. And I also would have never read any of The Walking Dead. Right. If the show didn't exist. Right. Um, Maybe, you know. Maybe that's and maybe that would be their answer is like you know if some Walking Dead fan picks up Invincible, uh, that's a good thing. Or if some preacher fan picks up Preacher and then picks up, um, I think Trans Metropolitan is written mm. by that might be Warren Ellis, and not Garth Ennis. But yeah, that's probably why. What would what would you ask? 
Uh, well, also just kind of like back to what we were just talking about was, um, uh, uh, yeah. Also, at the same time, like these guys do want to get paid, and exactly, you know, like if if me liking The Walking Dead gets me to buy the comic book, like Kirkman is totally fine with that. Like, totally, he's not going to split hairs about how how he made that happen. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah. Um, my, uh, I don't know what my question would be. Just like, it'd be similar, I guess, to like what my question was for Hannibal. I was just like, did you think you were going to get away with like as much as you did? Right. Um, what was it? Yeah. What were they most receptive to? Surprisingly, what were they yeah. like least receptive to? Or yeah. it might be more of kind of like a lost style question of like, all right, how much of an end game do you guys have here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good one too. It's like, are we actually going to get these things addressed? Yeah. Or are the, is this more just like fancy up front with like, we don't know. It's where gonna we're going to peter out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, what else? Looking up uh looking up Garth Ennis and what he's written. He I I've not read this, but he there's a very popular series called The Boys. I think they were like they weren't like hitmen, but they were some sort of like uh let's see if we can get it. It's in a world where superheroes exist, uh, but are corrupted by their celebrity status. Uh, so they are a super-powered CIA squad known as the Boys. Uh, so, so again, some... That's oh, cool. it sounds sort of like uh, the Avengers meets Entourage. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. And this has said that the series would out Preacher Preacher, <laughs> presumably referring to the extreme violence and sexuality that were his hallmark. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. From Wikipedia. But yeah, you know... Um, I mean, I pick it up. I would like to see, you know, where it goes and everything. But I would, I would tell all the young writers and artists out there, it's like there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, write write your own stories and stuff, and come up with a Mr. Robot and a Breaking Bad. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, and there's no reason you can't have both. You certainly can have both, but but don't ever lose that. And and yeah, I don't know. Be cool. Try and try and stay off the beaten path. You know, it's like. Go looking for it. Rather than having it served to you, like, go looking for it, you know? Go to the comic book shop and poke around. Rather than just wait for the next AMC series to inform you of something that's cool, you know? I'd pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? You'd pick it up? Well, sometimes some of us just don't have that kind of time to go poking around in a comic (laughs) book shop, and we just need to be told. Yeah? Too busy fucking hunting Pokemon. (laughs) Too busy hunting Pokemon to go, go do that now. Um... Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely pick it up, and um, uh, it's just, it's very different. I also like that there's just a lot of different settings as well. Like, yeah. Texas is cool, but they're all over the globe on this. I, you know, it's funny that he, he, at the end of the episode, he's committed to like staying mm-hmm. when kind of part of the series was the, the, the trotting, the globe trotting of going. <clears throat> Everywhere, and, and from what I understand, they acknowledge that. Uh, I, I think there's a line later in the series where it's just like, you know, it's going to turn into a road trip, right? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, which is important. Hey, let me throw a recommendation to everybody, rather than just be a piece of crap. Like before it gets translated, which it they've been trying to do it for years. Mm-hmm. Check out Brian K. Vaughn's "Why the Last Man." Sure, it's a sixty-issue maxi series, max series, um, and awesome. Awesome in terms of like, 
you want a killer pilot, the first issue of why, of why is is just that. It is, you know, the premise is, I'm not going to spoil it, the premise is a virus wipes out every male mammal on Earth except for this one guy mm-hmm. and his monkey. And that's it. And it's like, it's great, man. So Especially, it's it's kind of like a Hell Comes to Frogtown. What is that? There's <laughs> this Roddy Piper movie that came out like in the 80s or like, I think in the 80s. Okay. Where he was like the last potent male. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. And he's like, just fucking frog women. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. That does sound bonkers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Check out Why the Last Man. Get in on the ground floor. So some when that becomes movie. a show or a movie, you can you can take the stance of man. Fuck you be, that. You can be fucked at uh, anything written. Just our writers. Brian K. Vaughn uh, is the man. Cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for this week and uh, this season. This season, man. This is our season finale. It's been two seasons. Richest has been a pleasure, man. Uh, you know, look forward to more. But at this point, I mean. We've hit 50 different shows. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. This was our 50th show that we've watched. 50th show. Um, we've probably in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 episodes, you know, and not even counting the elevator pitches. Um, and fucking crazy, dude. And when I think about just I, – the real statistic I want is hours. How many hours have we been talking yeah. already? Because <laughs> unlike some of our lazy bastard friends who only spend – 20 minutes on a podcast. Oh, Boom. Shots fired. Starting to beef. Starting to beef until the top ball. Take on on my case multiple times. Well, it's funny, though, is I listen to them. I don't think they're listening to us. No. They're, well, they're I not. know Spencer is. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so you good. you hear that, Spencer? Fucking fucks with it. Long-form audio content, Long-form audio content. <laughs> so I'm curious how many hours we've, uh, we've that's spent That's the corner talking. we're standing on is that's long-form audio content. Long-form, baby. Fucking... To to work and back, your true commuting <laughs> podcast. No, um, but yeah, this was great. Um, we're gonna be starting up again, but you know, taking a, maybe a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, we got exciting shit coming up, anyways. Absolutely. Want to yeah. tell keep, us about? Uh, well, yeah, keep an eye out uh, for uh, picked up returning probably sometime like October, November. Yeah. Yeah, um, not too long. Yeah, you know, we got to work out the deal with the network and all that stuff. So. <laughs> That's right. We our uh, contracts are up, yeah. so we got to renegotiate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and then of course in September, September 24th, live in Chicago, Illinois, uh, is Podslam 2016, a podcast marathon to benefit Connor's Cure. Go to arcadeaudio.net/podslam for more information. You can submit your own podcast um, and you can become a sponsor. Uh, you can, of course, donate to to the show, to the cause, to Connor's Cure. Um, our goal this year is going to be $2,000, uh, as it was last year. Um, and and uh, God damn it, we're going to hit it. Fuck yeah. Um, we're going to exceed it. We're going to crush it. Crush it. Um, but yeah, so check that out. Um, and we invite you all to be a part of that. Um, if you can make it, make it. If not, it will be live streaming on the internet. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be a great time. Come in person for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, seriously, definitely come in person. Like, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's It was such a fun time last year. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so excited, too. I'm going to get the day all off and everything. Yeah. And it's Occupy. BYOB. Just, like, come and just drink for the whole day. Exactly, man. It's 
what an event. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, so check that out for sure. Keep it, you know. Did you did you get out the Twitter too, the updates for? Oh, yeah, uh, at Podslam Live on Twitter, um, yeah. on Facebook, uh, Podslam Podcast Marathon, um, and um, again, arcadeaudio.net slash Podslam for updates. Totally. And for all the shows as well, check out all the great programming there. Do us a big favor, uh, you know, uh, subscribe to us. And rate and review us, all those things. And for the other shows as well. I mean, it does us a huge favor. So do that. Um, yeah. Any pers- personal plugs for you? Uh, you can just hit me up on um, Rich Cammy on Twitter. Arcade Audio. Arcade underscore audio on Twitter. Nice. Um, on Instagram, Rich Cammy 4 And on Snapchat, Garlic Now 44 dog. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, mostly just on Instagram these days. You can find me at real.rob.bravo. Uh, Twitter is our Bravo, at our Bravo, our Bravo, and yeah, just come come for Pod Slam and and just to visit. It's still lovely for now. I'm going to the beach right Yeah, after it's this. pretty nice. Still. Yeah. So that's awesome. And yeah, I think that does it. So wrapping up season two, join us. Uh, join us again. We start back up for a whole new season of picked up, new shows, new adventures, and and keep an eye out uh, for when season two will start up. You can. Did, did you say that uh, I like blacked out for a second? You said pi- took, uh, pi- took an ambient. Yeah, I took an ambient. Yeah, <laughs> just now. Did you do the, the the picked up Twitter and Instagram? And, or? Oh, we have not. No, thank okay, you yeah. so much. So follow. Okay. Yeah, you can find us there uh, on Twitter at picked up pod um, uh, and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and uh, search picked up podcast on Facebook to be in the know. Yeah, and yeah, and if you subscribe, you won't miss a thing anyway. Yeah, you won't miss a thing. Just subscribe. Just do it. Okay, thank you. All right, so for myself, Robert, for my wonderful co-host, Rich, thank you so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.